and welcome to episode number 83 of the Hobbies and Haptics podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Jim, and today we're talking with some pretty cool friends of ours, Aislinn and Aaron. All right, this episode uh, kind of was, this is kind of one in the making. Uh, we uh, we first met Aislinn and Aaron at Gen yeah. Con 2021, and uh, dude, ever since that ever since that meeting yeah. and learning about this game, we talked to them a lot that day. Oh yeah, we did. We, All those we days, did. we did. Now before we get into it, we need to talk about our sponsor, Amazon Audible. If you head over to to our affiliate link, www.amazon excuse me, audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. Uh, you can follow, follow that affiliate link. You sign up for your free 30-day trial of Amazon's Audible service. Amazon Audible is an audiobook service. When you sign up for that free 30-day trial, you get one free book added to your account. That's right, one free audiobook. You get to keep it forever, even if you don't like the service. So if you cancel before, before that 30-day period is over, you get to keep that free audiobook on your account. And what's better if you're an Amazon Prime member, Two, you get two free books added to your account. So again, follow that affiliate link, sign up for that free trial. If you don't like the service, you can cancel before the end of that 30 days. But I think you'll kind of like it because again, you know, you need to go check out Gary V's books. I know I'm never going to stop talking about Gary He's v. great. He, he is he's fantastic. One of, I want to say he's my mentor, but he's really not, but he kind <laughs> of is because he really feels like it. Yeah. yeah. So definitely go check out Gary V's books as 100%. Go check those out. Check them out right now. Go. Go sign up for that free trial. Get that. Get one of his books. Do it right now. Again, if you head www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness, sign up for your free 30 trial. Link down in the description. All right. So this this was a lot of fun. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, like we mentioned, we first met Aislinn and Aaron, Gen Con 2021. We found out about their card game, <laughs> Ivian. Yep. Jim was the one who first noticed it. Yeah. And he pulled me over. He's like, dude, bro, we got to check this out. I didn't believe him. I was like, eh, okay, all right. And then and then when I sat down and figured it out, dude, this game is fun. Mm-hmm. This game is a lot of fun. So Ivian, it is it's essentially an expandable card game in a box. Okay. Um, they have they're working on season two right now with different characters. It's it's just it's 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 one of those games that's kind of difficult to explain, but it's basically a card game with a with with a board. Now you first thought of an MMO, yeah. right? Yeah, that was my first initial thought because you have these two little characters that you have a deck based around and you're able to move them around in a four by four grid. I believe it's four by four. And um, so you're you're moving your characters around like this is a little arena mm-hmm. and in a lot of MMOs that I play, PvP is kind of a big thing. Yeah. So when you're fighting someone, you know, you can run away from them and utilize the range that you have if you're a caster versus a melee character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this four by four grid, you kind of have this room to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so Ivian, Ivian is the game. Uh, the company is Luminary Games, and both Aislinn and Aaron. Um, Aislinn was the one who came up with the idea, mm-hmm. and then uh, it, their story is pretty fantastic. You know what? Wow. We're, we're gonna we're gonna let them tell it. So wow. here here it is. Let's get right into it for you guys. All right, today on the podcast, we are joined by Aislinn Hall and Aaron Shaw, co-founders of Luminary Games and co-designers of the game Ivian. Aislinn and Aaron, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are y'all doing? I'm doing great. And I'm doing quite well as well. Awesome. Awesome. So but, um, be- before we get going here, uh, I, 
Jim and I, we met we met these two at Gen Con 2021, and that was when we were first introduced to the game Ivian. And Jim was very excited. In fact, yeah. Jim was the one who called me over and said we had to check out this game. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, but before we do, uh, we want to talk about guys. Can you kind of tell us your backstory in the space, kind of how you came to be in the industry, and kind of uh, just 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 a little bit of your history in the space, Aislinn, Let's uh, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, so the way that I came to be in the industry was basically just me deciding one day, uh, I'm going to make a card game. Uh, and then I just <laughs> kept working on it every day until it was real. And now here I am in the industry. That That's awesome. Uh, Aaron, what, what about you, sir? Yeah. So my, mine's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more unconventional of a, of an origin story. So I was browsing Tinder one day, um, <laughs> And I, I, I see this, uh, I see this profile, uh, Aislinn Hall, and the only thing she has in her descriptor is, I am working on a skill-based card game, which, what, I don't, I don't know what that means, works, but huh? I'm certainly intrigued. Yeah, and so, so I message her, hey, tell me about your card game, and this is the most extroverted thing I've done in the last decade, um, and I hear nothing for, like, 30 hours, just dead silence. I thought, well, that's what well, I get. Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, who's counting? <laughs> um, and yeah, I was talking to one of my, one of my roommates, little saying, you know, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to get matched with, or I don't think she's going to reply. Uh, and then I got a message from her right there uh, in the conversation. I was like, oh, never mind." And we <laughs> met up and uh, the first date went really well. And we, uh, you know, Kept, kept going steady, and eventually, like on the third date, I got press ganged into joining the development team. Press ganged, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a naval, uh, a naval press gang, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard, nor will I ever hear, a story like that yeah, no. again. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's funny. It's funny you say like the most extroverted thing that you've done, because like I mean I remember when I started you know playing tabletop. It's like no nobody. I I I couldn't tell you anybody who would <laughs> who, who would go out and, and do that because we're all just like so introverted mm. and like yeah no I'm good. <laughs> I think I think now, that's what, what did it for me is I thought wait a minute this is my chance. I saw the opportunity. <laughs> a Tinder profile talking about one of my unique passions yeah like, okay we're going for it yeah and i feel like looking back on like me doing that it's pretty cringe but you know here we are oh, it worked no, out. <laughs> well well hang on aislin aislin what what did you yeah. think when you saw that message and it was tell me tell me about this card game what went through your head i'm curious i mean a lot of guys would open with like things that weren't related to that at all. And it was something that I really <laughs> cared about at the time. So I wanted uh -huh. to talk about it. So I was yeah. happy that he did. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was good. Isla, I don't think oh. I've actually ever asked you this. Um, oh, oh. oh boy. So, so oh, okay. Oh. Maybe, maybe we'll need to cut that. I don't know. But when I, when I reached out and before we went on the date, how did I rank in the guys that you were talking to? <laughs> Oh my God. You're asking me to go into like the deep memory vault here. I, this was a long are, time ago. We are glued here. Okay. I think, I think like when I had first tonight. talked to you and I hadn't met you at all, I think you it's were like second. I don't think you were first. Let's see how I was second. 
Okay. Yeah, I think you were yeah. second. I think there was another guy I was talking to who I was more interested in, interested in at the time. Hence the 30-hour wait time. Okay. Oh, okay. That's how we got there. Yeah, Full circle. Full it's all circle, the circle, guys. Mm. Now, now b- before we continue, Jim has, has a very important question that we like to ask anyone who especially is, plays card games. Jim, yeah. take it so, away. Because you guys have brought up that you play Magic. And I would like to know your favorite colors because depending on the color, that kind of sets up the rest of the, you know, the vibe for the rest of the interview. So the vibe, yes. The vibe. Azen, Azen, let's start with you. Yes, for the rest yes. of the interview. Yep, that's um, what we'll call it. Yeah, the vibe. Okay. Well, for me, I would say my vibe is probably red. I mean, that's good for you. Not so great for me, but that's okay. I accept it. Eat it, Dan. It. I accept it. Yes. Eat it. Yes, uh, Aaron. Aaron, what 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 about you, sir? Do you have a color combination? So, yeah. No. So if if I had to pick one, it would be it would be mono black. I I like being Ooh. able to do anything. Nice. Okay. And okay. then just have to pay for it. Yeah. What Life's a resource until it hits zero. Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's that's my favorite. Yeah. If I had to pick two, I, I, I'd add blue in there. I, I'm one of those people. Okay. Nice. All right. Some Grixis Demir. right here. I like Demir, it. Gri- yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got a little, little Grixis pairing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now you, you, you both were mentioning that uh, one of, now, was this one of your, one of your first dates where you had, uh, you had brought over decks and you were playing some magic or was this yes. just, uh, was this a few weeks into it? Yeah. So it was after the first date went fairly well. We spent a lot of time talking about like Diablo and civilization, XCOM and all sorts of video games. And then we also started talking about um, some board games like magic. She mentioned that she had a couple decks. So I thought, you know what? Let's let's have the second date be. I'll invite her over and, you know, I'll I'll have to make like some decks to go easy on her. Um, And we'll play some magic. He's yeah, like, I'm playing in cons. I got fetches. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I so I I decided the first game, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play my standard deck. We'll, we'll see what, what she's got. She mentioned she had a Boros Angels deck. So I had this, I had this mono white, like death and taxes style controls, really good at killing siege rhinos. Like that was its thing, because that's what you had to do if you wanted to be off mm-hmm. meta in that standard. Um and then so I you know I would, like play a, a two drop, I think it was like Relic Seeker. And she just snapped lightning helixes it. <laughs> lightning helix! Oh my god! Oh my it's lightning helix! Lightning helix. <laughs> oh, I love PR for lightning helix. It's so cool. It's, it's really cool. And uh, that's what card. I learned that no matter how cool your standard deck is, it's not going to beat modern. It dies to bolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lightning bolt's too strong, guys. It is. What can I say? It is. So, um, so I, I mentioned at the beginning of this that you know we we first saw the game Ivian at Gen Con 2021, and so I was roaming the convention floor. Um, Jim was off doing his own thing for a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. I was looking at some some art booths, or I can't remember what exactly I was doing. But when I finally caught up to Jim, he is at the Ivian booth, and I get up to him and he's like, "Dude." We gotta check out this game, and and Aislinn, I actually think he were you talking to Aislinn about yeah, it? Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's what I thought. So I I stand and there. Aaron was at the demo setup. Yes, there, right? yeah, he was at the demo, and so I started learning about it. And I'm like, dude, this looks freaking awesome. Mm. <laughs> and so the more we learned about it, I'm like, this is actually really really cool. And then we demoed it. I think we demoed it the next day. 
Yeah. Right. I yeah. I don't remember. Exactly. Right. So, so Azon, I'm kind of curious. Um, where did this initial, the initial idea for Ivian come from? Cause when I looked at it, what I saw was I saw magic, but then I see a board, right? Mm -hmm. Which again, very counterintuitive to magic players, right? Mm -hmm. It's just cards, but now we're introducing like some miniatures and then, and then a board space. So where did that initial idea for this game come from? Can you touch on that for us? Yeah, so <clears throat> when I started working on Avian, I had already been playing like MMOs for a really long time, most notably like World of Warcraft. And I enjoyed nice. the arena PvP in that game a lot, where you would go in with like a group of two or three and then fight another group of two or three. And it was characters, right? It was like warriors and mages and rogues, etc., all kind of duking it out in their own hero play style against each other. And I thought that was always really cool. Um, I liked it a lot. And then I learned how to play Magic the Gathering a lot later, and I was blown away by like how versatile uh, card games are and like how each card mm -hmm. can do its own thing, but then you can build them all into a unique deck that's yours, and that's your play style. Uh, and I, I was like, is there a way to combine these things? Uh, and so I kind of wanted to create a card game that felt like a fast-paced hero duel. Um, mm -hmm. And that was... Those were like, I would say, the two main sugar and spice elements of uh, Ivian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I feel like I feel like we have a very unique perspective here. And I think you guys kind of, too, because we have we have the initial developer, initial designer. And then we have Aaron, who came along a little bit after the uh, the inception of that idea and, mm -hmm. you know, who's fully on board with this. So, Aaron, when you. When you learned about the vision and the idea of this game, like what what were your initial takes? Like what did you initially think when you when you saw Ivian? So yeah, so that was so I'm I'm thinking back to I don't know, it was like date three or something. Um if we want <laughs> that's, that's how I think about the If early we want to put a time on it, it's date number three. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how we're so, gonna do it. I never expected our relationship to become so publicized, Aaron. <laughs> so, Just going through the files. Yeah, that one was date three. Okay. Yeah. So um, my initial, my, the first thing I noticed when I played Ivian was the, the, the bones of it were actually not the board. In fact, in the very first iteration that I played, like the very first game, um, we didn't have a board. That wasn't, that wasn't part of the initial design. The first thing Aislinn was working on was concepting the concept of an action uh, and power system. In Ivian, mm -hmm. there are there are there are like two resources, actions and power, and the whole game is around balancing these to play your spells. Some things cost power, some things generate them. That that's the, the, the general thing. But I remember I was playing a class that I don't think ended up making it into the final design, but um, thinking there's. There's something here. Aislinn had found a way. What has essentially excited me is Aislinn had found a way to make varying costs of cards without making a mana system and without taking a external mana system like you would see in Hearthstone. And mm -hmm. that was my first impression. There were a lot of a lot of horrible things though that we needed to fix like um in, in oh, the, yeah. at the very beginning you had you had a class oh, yeah. and a specialization and they were separate decks and you drew from drew two class oh, cards okay. and one specialization card and it was oh it was <laughs> dreadful i think that was the first contribution i i the first bit of feedback i said is um we need to we need to take the 
class deck and the, sh- the specialization deck and just there. shuffle them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that that was uh, those were my first impressions. <clears throat> okay. Very cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, what kind of and and I think and I think on its face the an- the answer to this question is kind of obvious um, from from the board because I think when I look at when I look at Avian, the first thing that I think that is kind of out of place to me, a traditional card game player, like a traditional CCG, traditional CCG is I see a board, right? Um, but apart from the board, can you kind of touch on like what what sets Ivian apart from other traditional and maybe even non-traditional card games like TCGs and CCGs? Because I feel like we're in a time now where we're starting to see a lot of evolution in the card game space to be a lot more than just traditional trading cards and, you know, collecting cards and, you know, the tables is all you need. Um, kind of what, what, what things set Ivian apart from other TCGs? Do you want to take this one, Aislinn, or should I? You can go for it. Do oh, it. All right. So there are, <laughs> there are like three primary things that outside of the board that um, I think really make Ivian what it is and make it exciting as a card game. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the first one, and we're just going to start with the one I think is the coolest, is our deck customization system. It allows us to be more liberal with um, power level of cards. So in Ivian, you can't just take any card from the history of the game and shuffle together a 45-card deck. You have to pick specific subsets. You have to pick two classes and a specialization. Each class that you pick has 20 cards. Um, each specialization has fifth, has 10 cards. And you have to make a deck um, of 45 of these cards, uh, with playsets being three copies of each. So when you actually sit down to make your deck, you have to choose a subset of 50 Ivian cards to make your deck from. Which means if we make a class with a really busted card, we, you know, completely... Um, we completely missed the mark on the power black level. Black Lotus card in a class. Yeah, if we make like a Black Lotus, that is constraint because if the other cards in that class aren't aren't overpowered, like they can, you can only have that one. You can't just run every single overpowered card we've ever made, yeah. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that is really exciting, uh, and it, it kind of caps the power level, and it makes deck building quicker and easier. The other big pillar and thing that sets Ivian apart is it doesn't use creature summoning. And I, I love uh, magic. I've, I've played Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. I love all of those. I love creature based combat, but one mm-hmm. of the biggest things that separates Ivian is that in Ivian, you don't have that. You, the cards you play are actions. Your character is, is playing and this is enhanced <clears throat> by being on a board, but fundamentally it changes the the way that the game feels it's a lot more like um well like flesh and blood which is another new card game that's, yeah, that's come out pretty yeah. similar. it's exactly um, where what i was thinking right yeah. right uh yeah. and the th- did i say three i'm trying to think if i i don't know if i have a third off the top of my head <laughs> i can give a third go for um, it I think a much more like elevator pitchy kind of way to approach what sets Vivian apart too is that um it's kind of like buying what you would expect out of a really high quality board game. You know, you've got lots of nice components, you've got miniatures, you've got this cool board, got all these things. Um, but it's also just a expandable card game on top of that. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're someone that appreciates uh, really nice physical components, that's also something that Ibian can offer as well. Yeah, it's like the uh, like the game I see right behind uh, you, Jim. Right? Yes. Yeah, the dice throne, right? Uh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> dice throne was one of our biggest inspirations for like product design because their mm, mix and match dueling. You know, you get this gunslinger versus samurai, mm-hmm. and you can play it all out of the box, but you can also combine it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So mm-hmm. that was a huge inspiration mm-hmm. for us. Awesome. Yeah, Dice Dice Throne was a lot of fun. I mean, I was surprised. <clears throat> I remember when I picked that game up, I at the time I had been seeing a ton of ads everywhere for oh, Dice Throne. Oh god, yes. And <laughs> and I remember I'm like, you know, being being a I mean, I would classify myself as a card game player. Um I can't tell you why. It's just I I enjoy I enjoy games with cards for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I like the tact the tact the tactileness of shuffling cards in my hand. So I, I just like card games, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I saw Dice Zone, you know that was Dice Zone for me was the first game where I saw them adding dice as another you know RNG factor. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. boy, I don't know, I don't know how. I mean, there's already <laughs> RNG with the cards. I got to add more. But when I picked it up, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Dice Zone was a lot of fun. Yeah. So to hear that Dice Zone was a was an in, kind of inspiration a little bit for you guys, kind of um, kind, kind of makes me happy a little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny. Like I, I remember. In fact, the first time we sat down and played this game at Gen Con, mm-hmm. um, Aaron was you. You were demoing the game, and we're sitting down. I don't remember what card it was, but you were like, "Am I reading this right? Does, is this what this uh, card does? The one that like was it deals it was, thirteen damage or something?" It, all right, so it was it was a card that was for the the pyromancer oh, for the yeah. fire mage, right? Wow. And it was it was something where it was like if you you look at the top three cards of your deck and you just like cast them or something along those oh, lines yeah apotheosis yeah that's the cards yeah he dropped that card and i'm like and then the, what that card does because i think it was you just play it for free it was yeah something like that. so you just play mm-hmm. it for free and then like i played another card that was just a ridiculous amount of damage and he quotes all right this is aaron he's like I've never seen yeah. a more explosive turn than what you've just done. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. broke the game. I think, I think I know exactly exactly what ended up happening there. That's God. Oh, I because yeah. I, I read that, it. That matchup was so much fun. Yeah, yeah I, I read it the was, card. It was not fun for me. Dude, I I read the card. I'm like, oh, this card's broken. And then he's like, yeah, and you get to do it next turn because it stays out on the field. I'm like, it's more broken than I I thought it was an instant or something. It was just thrown to the graveyard. Yeah. No, it stayed there. I'm like, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I conceded right after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you died. Oh. So. <laughs> no, I conceded before I died, Jim. Boom. There's, there's a there's, there's a no distinction. Speed there is. A in there (laughs) uh i'm sorry (laughs) um but that i mean honestly guys like that just tells you like for our first experience that Mm. was our first experience for the game yeah and like immediately like it that game just clicked yeah for us and it was it was a ton of fun Mm -hmm. um but one of the things that i that i had noticed initially you know after looking at the the game and the product was one of the things that was kind of daunting to me at first was and which is daunting to a lot of first-time card game players is deck building, okay? And Aaron, you kind of just touched on it a little bit from the breaking it down 
um, to class and specialization to, you know, kind of minimizing your card pull a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Azen, was, was there a specific way you kind of approached the deck building process for the game? Um, I was wondering if you could kind of touch on that aspect a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I really like to design from uh, the top down. So I like to think about like how I want a mechanic to feel or how I want a system to feel and what I want it to evoke from like an emotional perspective instead of like thinking about it mechanically and number crunching uh, stuff. Um, And so I loved the way, I mean, going back to like World of Warcraft or MMOs in general, I love the way that RPGs allow you to build your character. Um, where, you know, you like pick a class and then maybe you have um, multiple subclasses based on that class that are uh, more focused on certain things that class is doing. Um, And so I really wanted to evoke that in deck building too, because I felt like deck building was a really excellent place to make you feel like you were building a character because you can like pick your character's skills and each card is a skill. Um, And then like build this, feeling of the kind of person you're playing you know so if you combine like a lightning class with a fire class you can feel like you're throwing around both and you're like uh this electro fireman's or like an is it player or something like that um I'm dumb. so yeah i really wanted to make it feel like each archetype was unique and uh like people could relate to each different class and the vibe that each class had. And so they could like separate those groups in their head and then like, imagine what, what happens if I combine that pyromancer with that holy knight class? Like what kind of character does that make uh, mm-hmm. from a thematic perspective and from a mechanical perspective or either, or depending on like what you care about in card games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so one of the things that, you know, we see on a lot of the products is, you know, Ivian's, it's a hero crafting game. So is that kind of what you just described was like that hero crafting aspect to it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, hero crafting is like a specific thing in Ivian where there are certain cards mm-hmm. that are marked as hero crafted. And that's like okay. a way easier way to build a deck in Ivian. So if you don't want to worry about like any specific like if you don't want to worry about the nitty gritty of like, oh my God, like what cards am I going to put into my deck? Is my deck like resource balanced appropriately? Does it have blah? Does it have Y? Does it have Z? You know, like whatever. I'll just um, you can it. just be like, okay, I'm going to hero craft a character. What three archetypes sound fun? And then you just pick those. And then there are cards that are basically recommended. And then uh, they're gotcha. all designed to make sure that they play together well, no matter what three you pick. Hmm. So you you could approach it from a I want to I want to build my character the way that I want to build my character, mm-hmm. or you could go the route of <clears throat> I don't really want to get into that nitty gritty as much. What would be my best recommended path forward, essentially? Absolutely, and that was like a really important thing to us for making Ivian was we wanted there mm-hmm. to be like basically stepping stones for how invested someone could get into it. So when you Mm -hmm. buy a box, there's just starter decks that you can just play, of course, to learn how to play the game. And -hmm. then you can hero craft instead if you kind of want to like take a, take like dip a toe into like what it means to build a deck, because then you have to make like a couple of choices, but not too many. And then it kind of builds itself. And then if you're like already an enfranchised magic player or competitive card game player in general, or you want to, you know, dive in, you can just fully customize everything about what you're building in an Ivian character. Yeah, I think one of the things that, um, we've learned in developing Ivian is it is it it is true there's a lot of people who love deck building and that is a a huge draw but there is a 
equally large part of the board game community that really isn't looking for that in how they play a game. They want uh, mm-hmm. they want a quick setup. They don't need to make it their you know make it make it like a lifestyle game. They're looking for a quick way to play around mm-hmm. and then go you know put it back on the shelf. And so we we ended up devising two distinct ways to make heroes in Ivian to accommodate uh, both types of players. So going off of that a little bit here, <clears throat> one thing that I've noticed kind of in the card game and the board game space in general um, is typically, and I think I think this gap is shrinking and these types of players are really intertwining more and more these days. Um, but I think the way it used to be was you'd have your card game crowd over here and that card game crowd, again, normally would be when when we think of a traditional TCG or, or traditional CCG, right? You have those types of players over here, and those are the kinds of games they play. And then on the flip side of that coin, you had the board game community uh, and board game players who I think what, what I've learned and what I've noticed is I think those types of players typically prefer a, a experience in a box, okay, where you have everything there and you don't want to worry too much about setup. You just want to have a fun time with, with your friends or your family, okay? Mm-hmm. And so those, and but that other side, the card game people, is they get like he- heavily entrenched into a game. They start, they live it, they breathe it, and then they're all about it, um, you know, from, from the deck, from, from just from everything. So this game, Ivian, and again, I feel like they're starting to be in more and more games that are kind of threat, threading the needle from the standpoint of kind of catering to both audiences here. Um, ha- have you noticed? Um, have you noticed players kind of falling on either side of that? And the, the, there is that sense of um, I, I really don't know what 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 word to put it to, um, but that there's just those those different preferences per se. Wow, that's a really good question, Daniel. And I, I think absolutely, um, we we have absolutely noticed that there is there are, there are very distinct like tiers of investment that people have in Ivian. And honestly, I, I don't know. I, I am. I think I speak for both of us, Aizen, when I say that we're we're more than happy to accommodate both both styles. We've got a lot yeah, of people totally. uh, when we run our our kickstarters and we have you know, our online shop who just pick up one game like there is there's about i don't i don't i don't have an exact percentage let's say it was there's about 20 percent that just pick up one box of two heroes and they're perfectly happy with that and they'll probably pick up another box in our next kickstarter and then the other group is the oh i want to go all in they buy everything and they're they're fully invested and we see a lot of repeat customers there um, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's definitely like, you, there, there's a very clear divide and there's not like a, I haven't seen much of a middle ground of, I, I don't really know what that would look like, but yeah. <laughs> there's right. definitely, definitely the dip the toe crowd and the, the I'm going all in group. I mean, it's kind of like falling into a hole, right? You don't kind of fall into a hole, yeah. <laughs> fall into yeah. a hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want. It's just I. I really think what, what, what I've tr- what I've looked at is you know I I spend 
admittedly probably too much time and looking at the words, right? Because because we see card game, card games and board games. And I ask like I ask I, I sometimes I feel like it's a philosophical question. Well, what is a card game and what is a board game, right? What is a game? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because we we just we just had a talk with Justin Gary. I uh, designed Ascension, uh, Stoneblade. He's a founder of Stoneblade Entertainment. It d- designed a lot of great games. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had kind of posed that kind of question to him because one thing I've realized is at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what these things mean. I think what it comes down to is I'm trying to distill an experience down to a few words and try to explain that to somebody to give them an idea of an of the experience that they're about to get into. Yeah. And what I've just noticed is honestly, like card games don't appeal to everybody and that's mm-hmm. totally fine and when people think think the word card game they tend to think uh, magic uh, Pokemon they they think a traditional TCG or CCG and then when someone says board game that really is an experience in a box mm-hmm. and car- like traditional card games aren't necessarily experiences in a box you have to you have to go you have to get more into you it you need to buy a Another booster box, and hopefully have <laughs> right. better experiences right. putting them together. <laughs> right, and and and, and like w- where we started, okay, like where hobbies napping started was we're card mm-hmm. game players. We love card games, and again, when I think most people think card games, it's a TCG and a CCG, but it's not that way anymore. And like Ivian is a perfect example of yeah, it's a card game. It's also kind of a board game. And it hits like it for us. It checks off like it checks off all the right boxes. But it's like, well, what is it? It doesn't really. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just I think it appeals to more people, right? And and I think that is kind of what's most important, kind of at the end of the day. Yeah. So again, it's just a really go go ahead, Aaron. You you look like you're about to say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I I think you're you're completely right, and I think we've seen. That barrier, I think, like you were saying, I think that you've seen that barrier slowly go, kind of get whittled away a little bit. And I think a lot of that has to do with Final Fantasy, uh, not Final Fantasy, sorry, a different game. Um, Fantasy <laughs> Flight. 14? <laughs> yeah, we, we just started playing um, Final Fantasy 15. But right, hit me up. I'm a Lala fell. Hit me up. <laughs> um, I haven't taken the Fantasia dip into that, but I'm, I've been told it'll happen. Um, so, Fantasy Flight, uh, with their mm. their LCG model, making both they've both they you know they make. They See, make, I did the same thing. the same thing. He's done the same thing. <laughs> when I when I talked about Fantasy Flight, I said Final Fantasy. Right, <laughs> so easy. But they um they make board games, they make miniatures games, and they also make LCGs. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that has really, I think, done a great job of merging and bringing people in. Uh, like for example, Arkham Horror, uh, which you know we'll. we'll talk about later but um they have the board game arkham horror and they mm-hmm. um then they make this arkham horror lcg and hey that's going to start bringing more people in and mm-hmm. because of fan- fantasy flight doing that i think they've made this little this nice little sweet spot for smaller developers to start making similar products so i think another great example of that happening is uh plaid hat games with ashes mm-hmm. Rise yep. of the Phoenix ashes so yep. that, that right by the way it's over there somewhere Ashes the, Ashes Rises of the Phoenix Born is like indie game developer goals. Like I think <laughs> what we've seen is you don't have to strive to be to be like Magic the Gathering, have packs and stores and have this whole thing. 
you can get by it. You can make a card game and you can sell it in a box. And then people mm-hmm. will buy that because that the, because they, they have confidence that it is a standalone experience. And mm-hmm. as we've seen that kind of get cultivated, we've been, you know, Ivian's been able to go in and flourish because of this style mm-hmm. of game that we're seeing come out. Mm-hmm. It didn't always used to be like that, though. Like, no. When, no. like, when, when, when do you think that started? Aaron, Aaron, when did you first see that started? And then Aislinn, same thing to you. I kind of want to get your guys. You know, I think Aislinn and I might have the the same theory. I'm curious what what you would say, Aislinn. But I, okay. I definitely have an answer when I think it started. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I think it started <laughs> with Netrunner. I I really nah. think when when Fantasy Flight got the got the license from is it Wizards? I think to make mm-hmm. Netrunner, yeah. then they, you know, had a great run. That ended up being a moderately popular LCG. It kickstarted the the LCG model, and mm-hmm. it built from there. I don't know if there was anything before that, but then they made, what, Legend of the Five Rings and then the Lord of the Rings LCG? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got Game of Thrones. They've got... Uh, what what else is the first one now? I don't know. It was the first one. I mean, they they had a Star Wars one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Destiny. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Well, Star. They did have Star Wars Destiny, but there was also was a Star Wars Living Card Game. That really? was before Destiny. Destiny was, oh, yeah, I guess Destiny, Destiny isn't the Living Card Game, is it? Destiny no. was a TCG. Was a yeah. TCG. We have a lot yeah, of dice. It, it pretty much was. Yeah. Yeah. With dice yeah. in it. With dice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it all comes back to Richard Garfield. <laughs> of course it does. Well, it's, well it's, it's, it, it's crazy though, but it, it really is crazy. Like, you know, you, you guys were talking about how, you know, you, you, you both play magic and there's, there's inspirations for, for magic, you know, in Ivian a little bit, but it, it it's kind of crazy anywhere. It's almost like anywhere you look in the space, anyone who plays card games or is designing something even remotely similar to a trading card game. Okay. You see magic somewhere in their history, somewhere in the backstory. You know, we 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 just had an interview with Justin Gary, and like the first he the reason he's where he's at is because of magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So I, have, I, think, I think of this in terms of so I'm I'm a, I'm a classically trained tubaist. I swear ah, this is okay. Right. But when I when I started playing the tuba, um, mm-hmm. my music instructor said, oh, you know said, put your tuba away, we're going to learn piano. And I focused on piano for about a year because mm-hmm. in order to learn music and like have that good fundamental, you need to start on, uh, you know, on the piano. It's going to teach you everything mm-hmm. you need to know. And I think right. similar to that, Magic the Gathering and understanding it inside and out is like the piano equivalent of board game design. Uh, board I game love design. that analogy. Yeah. I yes, love that analogy. Say. Um, I, it's actually why the first question I ask in a demo, I don't know if I did it for you folks, but it's what I do now is I ask, are either of you familiar with magic, the gathering, because that is the Pretty single sure. most important I think question I think for informing how I should explain the game and, exactly. um, where I should start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Agree. pretty sure he did. Pretty sure he did. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I had a question about the Ivian characters. Okay. Um, so when Dan and I were going through all the boxes, I think we have what three? Yeah, there's three. There's of them three. There. <clears throat> um, when 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 we were going over the characters, I know that this 
is a lot based off of like WoW Arena stuff. And for me in WoW, I love playing Warlock. I love playing Shadow Priest and old school Unholy Death Knight. So okay. all three of those have a lot of damage over time or dot mm. effects. So yeah. I don't know. Is that something that could be in the works? Because I'd love it. <laughs> um. Oh God! Should we should we tell him, Aislinn? Uh oh! Yeah. Oh boy! Uh oh! Uh -oh. <laughs> yes. Is it good or bad? <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, that stuff's coming. Yeah. Damage over time. Is that is that in season two or is that coming later? Later. That season is season two. Season two is um, yeah, not really going to be any dot stuff nope. later. We, okay. we currently are are wrestling in design with uh, one of our, our first dot classes and dot mechanics, and it's being a bit of a rascal trying to balance. Oh, it, I'm right? sure it is. Is it is tough because so because Ivian doesn't have creatures, it doesn't really have very much. Um, permanence. So, mm -hmm. right. sorry, I'm going to go on a slight tirade here if that's all right. Summon um, some demons. We're good. Put it out yeah, on the so, boards. So, so in magic, if you make a, if you make a, like a grizzly bears, uh, it's a two, two for two. And it, it represents potentially a in, indefinite amount of damage. Um, right. And so right. it alone threatens ending the game. In Ivian, most of the cards are, are in singular atomic instances of effects. damage. And so it's like, it's like a competitive Vivian. A lot of it is like both sides are playing counter burn. They have counter spells, they got burn spells, and you are you are slinging it out. Um, introducing dot, suddenly there's this, this perpetual threat. And how do we, how do you fight that? How do you dissipate that? Cleanse. How do you make that not threaten and do more damage than your average one shot card? Um mm -hmm. And so that's just been really, really fun and uh, challenging to balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. we've got, we've, we're, we're pretty confident we've landed on something, or we're in the general vicinity of where we want to, where we want to work with it. Because I'm really excited to just put dots on Dan and just start kiting him. <laughs> He's like, I can't catch you. You slowed me. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm just dying over here. <laughs> Yeah, I am not well, looking not. forward to that. Please, please, uh, no. Well, I'm sorry. You might as well it's not coming, Dan. Me. It's coming. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so one, one, th one thing I, I want to ask. I mean, th that's interesting. That that does sound very, very interesting. Well, hang on, Aaron. You just mentioned competitive Ivian. It, competitive Ivian. Is mm -hmm. is there is there a competitive Ivian scene? So. Yes, there is a fairly active um, little Discord community of players. We, we do little leagues sometimes, we do tournaments, but there is definitely a competitive uh, metagame that has been pretty pretty sol solidly established, uh, and people are always trying to, to break and overcome. Uh, there is mm -hmm. one card so far that we're pretty sure just needs to be banned if a, like... Standard format comes it? out, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. What card is it? 
Oh no! The one, the one that you it. killed me with. The game. Uh, there's a trait called Strive for Glory that, and and I, I can tell you a little bit about it, and you can up. you'll probably be able to understand why. Oh yeah, that sounds like a card that would be overpowered. What, what class? It essentially is it? says if you run out of cards, in, it's a trait, so it's a passive, and it says whenever you run out of cards in your hand, you draw a card. Um, essentially, it, <laughs> and that ends Dude's up being just telling us to machine gun right yeah, now. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we play the, it, the, the machine yeah. gun deck was discovered, and it is oh, horrific. No. So. Yeah. We, we no, always yeah. knew. We always knew, and we could we like resigned that when we were designing the very first set. We we're like, Aislinn, we have probably printed Black Lotus at this point, and we don't know it. <laughs> and she said, Aislinn, I think you said, yeah. Oh well. And yeah, we found our we found our Black Lotus. Yeah. Don't tell them what spec it's best with, though. Give them a little bit of like you you figure it out a little bit. Why do I feel like it's on Google somewhere? <laughs> A Discord group, a forum, like it's out there. I'm hey sure. guys, guess what no, we just is. heard? Can you it give is. us help with this? Spreading for sure. There's only like six classes to choose from, so like, how difficult is it going to be to find it? Now, Fair now, now, hang on. With um, with with the deck building, um, it, it's not. It is not a singleton uh format. There's, there, it's not singleton, correct? No. Okay. Uh, three is a playset. Three is a playset. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, the 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 deck building from this game does it, it very much intrigues me. Um, I'm very much intrigued. Um, I, I I really like the idea of coming at it from the aspect of I'm design. You know, I'm building I'm building my RPG character. Mm-hmm. It's it's very 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 cool. Um, now one of the things, the resource system. When I when I was first learning it, I was I was completely thrown for a loop. I'm like, okay, you've got your resources thing, you got power, you've got initiative, you've got control. There's there's a lot there. Um, yeah. But so so can, can you can you Aislinn, can you just kind of touch on the the resource system and kind of uh, where where those ideas came came from? Sure. Um, so when it comes to actions and power which is the two different resources that your characters use to actually like play cards and use their abilities effectively. Um, I guess that that was probably most, I don't know. It's weird. It's a bit different from a lot of stuff I would say, but um, I would say you could most liken it to something like rogue from world of Warcraft. I thought you were going to say that. You're just passively generating energy. Um, Mm-hmm. And then you use abilities that cost energy, which is one resource, but then generate combo points, which is like a secondary resource. And then there are abilities that care about combo points. So you're kind of like doing this flow where you're like, okay, I'm using my like weak abilities that are giving me the resource I need to use my strong abilities. Um, and that's kind of how the entire game of Ivian works for like all those different characters. Um, and then when it comes to control, I think that. I just wanted to find a way to like distill any way that a character could be affected by magic or debilitating weapon strike in any way from another character and just like boil those down to these really base elements that you could assign pretty much any effect. So it's like you encase someone in ice. Okay. They're slowed. You, um, you mess with their head, like use some like mind magic on them. Maybe they're silenced. They can't like use their abilities as well anymore. Um, 
And so it's all just about distilling what it means to be playing like a powerful fantasy hero into these core elements and then using those building blocks to like create a system from all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Aaron, Aaron, can, can you tell us a little bit about the control um, and kind of uh, when, when you when you learned about kind of that, because like, again, as, as a traditional card game player, like the the idea of the of the control aspects seem seem a little counterintuitive. Um, yeah, but definitely. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think I think that's that's a completely fair, like, like a first take on um, on the control system. So Aislinn, Aislinn is the Aislinn is a very like top down, brilliant design top level stuff and and like flavorful she's the best i've ever met at like bringing ideas to life and like like class fantasy um i am the i am the numbers guy i think about it from the bottom (laughs) up so when i think of control i think about what what um what it needs what it's trying to do in the game and Mm -hmm. so in ivian ivian's primary like skill testing, um, Ivian's primary like uh, skill testing. Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but uh, the axis that it that is testing you on is mm-hmm. playing cards in a proper sequence and being able to optimize how because because every card feeds into playing other cards because all in order to play cards to cost power you have to play cards to generate power and you mm-hmm. have a static amount of actions to work with and being able to find the right line to do as much damage as you can in the turn or saving resources to to do an, um, a bigger turn in the future that that is that is the core challenge and in order to in order to like make that interactive we needed to design a system that didn't prevent you from sequencing cards that didn't prevent you from playing cards, but restricted the sequences which in which you can play them. And that's really the sweet spot we hit with control mm-hmm. is it is very hard to stop somebody from spending all of their resources on their turn. But mm-hmm. the way that control works in Avian is it prevents you from playing certain cards in certain orders. It says, oh, in order to play this, this card, which is affected by silence, you have to play cards that aren't affected by silence to get rid of the silence on you. So mm-hmm. we added control as a system to force you to play things in maybe less optimal orders. And it's a really subtle um, way of making players interact and stop each other. And it uh, works brilliantly. Uh, it is, of course, though, like, like you, you mentioned, like the first concern of, why would we introduce a mechanic that stops people from playing the game? And that is probably the ch- biggest challenge for designing Evian is making sure that that doesn't happen. Or if you do try to make that deck, it's not as optimal as just um, more more aggressive and less control heavy decks. Aislinn, what was the what was the initial feedback when 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 people first started playing this game? Um, and and I'm curious if the feedback was different from traditional uh, card game crowd, like traditional CCG crowd versus the board game crowd. Um, if were those initial, was that initial feedback different or um, did you kind of get the same feedback um, from across the board and kind of what was that initial feedback? 
Uh, I would say that the initial feedback was different from um, those two groups, if you want to think about it like that. Um, I would say that people who were more like entrenched in competitive card gaming were generally more prepared to like think on that axis and like even to a degree like accept it because I think that oftentimes we found that people who were less familiar with something like Magic the Gathering or whatever, they're not as used to such direct um, attacks, right? Because Ivian is one of the most like direct in your face. Right. You have to deal with this and I made you have to deal with this, which a lot of people don't like. And that's oftentimes not even what they're looking for in a board game, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say that, that, you know, some people see that and they see like, a frustration they're like i don't want to deal with like not being able to play i had these things in my hand and they're cool and i just want to use them because mm-hmm. it's my turn whereas there are other people who you know they see that obstacle and they just smile right they're like okay cool how are we going to get out of this and how are we going to still do the best play we possibly can which is exciting and that was fun us. For them. That was real us. magic players yeah understood <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean, those I other ones sure. they just play green and they're like why can't i play my stuff why you counterspell me i know have yeah. dinosaur yeah <laughs> what is lightning I, yeah. bolt <laughs> i mean i think some it, different people are just looking for different kinds of challenges and different kind of fields right. from their games and um right. so it's really important for us to balance that like aaron was saying and figure out how to create scenarios uh, and make control feel like something that is an obstacle, Mm -hmm. but make it feel like one that's overcomable in almost every Mm -hmm. circumstance. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just how you choose to and how effectively you overcome it. And honestly, it it always feels awesome when you're able to overcome that obstacle and then do the thing you want to do. Because again, like if I have all these options in my hand and I can just do them willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. But like for me and I I think most strategy game players and strategically minded um, players who, you know, enjoy those types of experiences, if they're able to if you if you present them with that problem or that obstacle. And then they overcome it, that feeling of just overcoming it and doing mm-hmm. the same thing they would have done if that obstacle wasn't there is just so much greater. Like that's just the experience greater. that I that I've typically had. If, if I'm able to work through a problem and then just yes, I just hit you I, for 13 days. I give Dan a lot of problems in these games. He does. So he's <laughs> he's learning how to get over it. He does. He does. Yeah. It helps I, a I green player agree. play around. I absolutely think ahead, that uh, good good competitive um, interaction is a fundamental part about how I enjoy games and how a lot of people enjoy games. If right. that's not your speed, that's fine. It's just Evian isn't that game. Evian right. is built right. on that interaction, and that was just a concession we ultimately right. made when we, we designed the game. This isn't going right. to be for everybody, mm-hmm. but for the people that it is for, they're going to love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now see, the season two box includes the fox in the forest, the ram and the raven, the rune and the rhyme. Um, uh, Aislinn, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the characters here and then kind of which one is your favorite? Man, we got a bar. Oh, no, don't make me choose a favorite. Everyone always. You don't ha- if you don't have one, that's OK. <laughs> well, no, she does. I mean, I... Tell them warlock and then that's it. <laughs> 
Um, so season two is set in a frozen archipelago wasteland, effectively, unlike the okay. first season, which is kind of set in this like Arthurian mystical land of plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of like Viking inspired characters and there's going to be like ice sorcerers um, and then these like terrifying uh, forest spirits that protect their deep woods called wilders. Uh, it's way more brutal in terms of like the theme um, of the world that they exist in. Um, and even like uh, the kind of terrain that players are going to have to deal with in season two is more brutal. So in season one, there's enchanted terrain, which is good. So when you move mm-hmm. on to a town with enchanted terrain, you're happy because you get power. It's great. <laughs> Everyone wins. Well, you win. But um, yeah, in season two, it's going to be difficult terrain. Uh, so it actually costs more resources to move through difficult terrain. So season two is much more, um, kind of down in the mud, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. They're not these like amazing high flying Arthurian heroes that all (laughs) slew the dragon and saved the princess and had a great time. It's people who are like, wow, my life sucks and you're making it even worse. So I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So they can slip on ice and like lose a full turn, right? There's a card called Thin Ice, and it is a counter, yes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, going back to like talking about like breaking through obstacles, that's like kind of the way that counters in general work in Ivian is mm-hmm. yeah. you, you can still do it if someone plays a counter <clears throat> against you, you just have to be able to play a, uh, spend a ton right. of resources to get past it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite? Or no? Right. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I thought you I, forgot. <laughs> a favorite. Oh, God. I'm going to judge it's you. Like, it's, like to, it's like telling mom to choose her favorite kid, right? Mm. That's the way I feel every time. It makes me They love sad. them both equally. They love them all equally, but yes. You for sure like one more you than definitely the other. You definitely have. See, well, the thing like that not I, telling you is there is a there's a there's an ongoing meme in the Discord community that Aislinn uh, has a very specific favorite. Oh, yeah, no. and it's not it? even okay. Fine, I'll say that it's my favorite. Um, <laughs> there's a specialization called Survivalist. Uh, they have like a, they have javelins, they have like slings, they have axes, they have like any tool you might need to like climb a mountain or uh, kill or win the game. <laughs> <laughs> or win the game. <laughs> um, no, they oh, go ahead. Sorry. They're very well known for being um, very hard to counter uh, because they have access to lots of instant speed interaction and some would say infinite instant speed interaction, even though that's not true. People would just get salty. Um, I can't wait to play this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like them. The survivalists are really cool. I like them thematically. I think they're really, they're neat. They're Uh, so What was the class? Which one was it? Survivalist. 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 Okay. All right. I'm yeah. gonna play that one. Yeah. Uh, Aaron. Aaron. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Yeah. So, so in games, I really pride myself in being like the 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 quirky. Oh, look at how funny my my deck is. I do all these crazy things. <laughs> but then when it comes to playing and having a main, I pick the most vanilla class like in, in, in super smash brothers i love all sorts of quirky stuff but my best character by far is mario like about as bog standard vanilla as in this one and in, in ivian my favorite is steward his class fantasy is he's got a hammer and he's gonna hit you with it 
He is mono gray. He doesn't even have like a color to him. He is a dude with a hammer. He's colorless. His whole mechanic is his cards, a lot of his cards ignore control. And he does damage. That's about it. And I love him. I I love just hitting people with a hammer. And uh, it's coming out. I'm very excited. Nice. Very, very cool. Out of all the characters, Dan, which one's your favorite? I feel like I haven't played enough. Out of the ones you have played and seen. Uh, I like Nemo Boy. So there's a there there's a there's a witch in there somewhere that looks really cool, like a like an archmage or something. It's a it's a black. Even the game witch. designers are really confused right now. Like, I was what looking. Are you I was about? looking at some cards and some. I I saw black, <laughs> and then. And then it said a witch in there. I'm like, ah, it looked it looked interesting. I was looking at their website today. Oh, okay. okay. <clears throat> uh, so it, yeah. I don't even know where it's from, but it just looked kind of interesting. But but what I will say that I haven't played that one, and it looks it just looked it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did like the the blue the blue wizard, the, yeah, the, wizard the, the one yeah. the one that yeah. I played. Yeah, the the archmage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I know. The I fire know, mage, guys. I know, Jim. It's I know, out Jim. There. Okay. The fire mage keep burning yeah. stuff. I know. I know. You know. I get it. There it is. We get it. That's the best uh, one in the whole game. Now, what what does the future for Ivian look like? Oh, um, more cards. <laughs> I guess probably there the it is. way to say that. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. There will be more cards. More cards. <laughs> so the the future for Ivian is going to be uh, for the foreseeable future. We're probably going to keep uh, Ivian on Kickstarter. Maybe go to GameFound at some point, but keep doing. Our goal is to get yearly Ivian seasons released on Kickstarter um, as mm-hmm. frequently as we can do it. One of the most common things we've been uh, at, people have asked for is a like an all-in-one box. So instead of just having to buy every uh, pack, we'll do like a like the dice throne season thing that they do, where mm. it's all combined mm-hmm. into one. That's one of the things we're working on. Um, in a, a broader sense, we are working on international distribution. We've got some. Awesome. We got some stuff work. Uh, we're we're you know in the in the works for getting Ivian printed in other other major languages for board games so like german and the like mm-hmm. um that that is that's the the side of things that, that we're working on not exactly like content but um mm-hmm. yeah no that's what that's what we've been we've been doing a lot of work on i do have a question as well uh so uh, i started dabbling with warhammer stuff recently and um painting up minis is a thing i really like to do uh, mm-hmm. So with with out of the box, there's only one mini for each of the th- characters. But say I wanted to like change up, you know, the uh, the caster. Say I wanted to make it arcane fire mage or turn it straight fire. And changing up the colors of the robes or however you want to build these characters. Is there any future set up to where right from the Kickstarter or from the website you're able to specifically buy the minis? Oh, as just as as paintable things. That would be yeah. that's a question of minimum order quantity. Is there enough is there enough interest for us to mm-hmm. print print a group? And that's a that's a question for a for a survey someday. Um okay. I can't say we yeah, had certain people will paint the, the miniatures and they look nice. They're a lot better than my Warhammer minis that 
are not well painted. <laughs> but they're, they're painted, which is better than some can say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be able to offer that as an option for people. I know there are people like you who uh, love to do that, and I would love to provide that. I'd also love to, in the future, be able to like make, I don't know, some kind of box you can buy for a spec that maybe gives you like alternate art cards for them, and maybe Ooh. like multiple different miniatures for them, awesome. so that you can like mm -hmm. try to make your yeah. character look more like the invoker that you always envisioned them as. Um, but that's definitely in the future. You know, we're still focused still mostly on making sure that the game is getting out right. at a regular pace and um, mm -hmm. playing okay. well. <clears throat> um, so one of the things I really love about the game is the card art. Um, and I feel like in, in card games in general, just art, the artwork on the cards just seems to, it's, it's very predominant, right? And it just seems to be like very important, right? For, mm -hmm. for a lot of different aspects. Um, but in, even in particular, I, I just found when I first found out about the game and, and I'm going through all the art, I was just blown away and I, I love the art so much. And like, for me, you know, like I said, I, I feel like the art is just so much more important when it comes to a card game than um, than, than other types of games. Mm -hmm. um, would would you guys kind of agree with that? And kind of what was what was your uh, standpoint on the direction of the artwork for for Ivian? Yeah, I mean, um, I agree completely with what you're saying. I think that the artwork for it is super important. And even though there's like so many different cards for each character and it is a pretty big, like it takes a long time to make all the artwork for Ivian, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't think that we could do it without it because it matters just so much how like your character is represented whenever they're doing something and it helps you in, uh, envision like what's happening on the battlefield. And that's another thing that we think is really important in Ivian is that like direct, um, connection you have with your character and how like we really want people whenever they play a game of Ivian to be able to be like to envision what the battle looked like between their character and their opponent's character uh, mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. like what the major milestones of that battle were to feel cool um <laughs> and the artwork is like so pivotal to that um mm -hmm. so yeah Aaron, Aaron, what what about you, sir? You 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 were you were looking very excited there. <laughs> yeah. So so, Aislinn, for start for context, Aislinn does all of the art direction. She commissions and works with a, like an international team of like, I don't know, up to up to ten artists at a time, getting getting work for Ivian, and it's incredible. So from my perspective, I just am you know doing play testing, and then someday Aislinn goes, oh yeah, we've got the arts in for this, and. One of the things that's so cool to see from that perspective is that, I mean, as as much as I, I you know try to like think of the the numbers behind it, my evaluation of cards will change based on that art. Like I can't help it. Cards become more fun <laughs> when the art comes in, and it's it's a huge it, it's a, a night and day difference for some cards. Like some you don't even think about, like ah eh, whatever, and then you see the art and you're like oh this card's kind of good. And then you play it. Um, no, uh, art, art on art for the game is, is crucial to um, a game being fun. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see the, the each season develop. And as the art fills in, I start feeling, Oh yeah. Yeah. This game's sick. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Um, very cool. Very cool. 
I have a hot take kind of related to this topic. Uh-oh. I I like Gloomhaven well enough, but it does really hurt my enjoyment that each skill card doesn't have art on it. I really, really <laughs> wish it did. I really want to see what each of the characters is doing and what it means. Like, what, what do these words mean? Like, what is my how is my character fighting these people? Right. I really want to see that on games like Gloomhaven, and I'm sad that it doesn't exist. Yeah, when I look at Gloomhaven, I think there's not enough uh, product quality here. I didn't get enough for my... <laughs> I didn't get enough in Gloomhaven. Yeah, it's just a twenty-five pound box. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just a twenty-five pound paperweight. That's, yeah, that's true. All this true guess, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So before before we get we move on to um, one of one of our favorite uh, subjects here, <clears throat> um, I wanted to ask you what 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 games are both of you enjoying now? Whether that be tabletop card game, video game. Um, what kind of anything, any anything related? What are you playing? What are you enjoying right now? Azen, let's start with you. Sure. So I love all kinds of games, really. Um, we recently played a social deduction game with our friends Ooh. when we were hanging out called Feed the Kraken. Uh, it's this ridiculous game where um, you are on a ship that is either going to a pirate haven or to the port with like, you know, honest merchants and whatnot. And you don't know who the people are in your crew. Are they a pirate? Are they a merchant? You don't know. So everyone has a hidden role and people are trying to steer the boat so people get to take turns being captain. And the thing is, there are also cultists on board. Oh my God, (laughs) they worship the evil kraken in the middle of the ocean. And it's very possible that if you're not careful, the cultists can recruit more members to steer the ship into the kraken and feed it with everyone inside. It was absolutely crazy. The theme was just hilarious. I loved it. I had a great time. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to check that out, Joe. That, mm-hmm. sound, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds <laughs> a whole lot like Resistance. But it throws in that extra little element of uh-huh. the cultists, and you're just like, get everyone killed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny. A- a- Aaron, Aaron, what are you enjoying right now? Yeah. So, so we, Asil and I have been doing a, doing a lot of games. Most recently, we started up Final Fantasy 14. We just hit, we just <laughs> are in the post A Realm Reborn story arc. So we're, we're getting there. But um, yeah. we have, played a lot of Arkham Horror and uh, we have a regular Civilization 6 group and a regular Dungeons and Dragons group. Nice. So that's what we've been spending a lot of our time doing and I'm trying to think of other... Oh, uh, we recently got uh, Dune Imperium and we've been we're playing a couple rounds oh, of that. Okay. Big, big okay. fan of that. My other love of card games is, is Dominion. I have a full set of Dominion. Love deck building uh, <laughs> games. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been nice. really enjoying it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to stop playing. I had to stop playing Civilization yeah. because I was just I would lose way too much time. <laughs> I played that in college, and it's like we just just one more turn. It's one more just turn. one more turn, and that turns over. I'll be getting five hours later. <laughs> five hours later. Yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> actually. Uh-oh. Also, I've been losing way too much sleep to Slay the Spire, which I just now started playing. Oh, nice. Um, which nice. is a yeah. digital that's, card game. That's God, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is acceptable. Uh, now, now you're, you're, you're talk, you are talking the um, digital deck builder, correct? 
the digital deck builder, I am very excited okay. to play the uh, tabletop version when it comes out. The board game. Uh, yep. yep. Yeah, they yeah. That, that that looks very interesting. It looks very cool and huge. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like seven hundred something cards is what they said. It's gonna be ridiculous. Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. We're gonna need a lot of dragon shields. I d- <laughs> so Jim, Jim, I have oh, something to yeah. tell you. Uh-oh. I did not back that game. <laughs> the one okay. who the one who backs a lot of Kickstarters, I decided to not back that one because okay. I had too many. <laughs> yeah, I get you, Dan. I get you. So, all right. Well, with that, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to our our favorite segment. Yes. And today, today, and today's card of the week. Today's card of the week is brought is brought to you by by our guests, Aislinn and Aaron. So, Aislinn, please, can you take it away for us? Sure. So. Delve Too Deep from Arkham Horror The Card Game, which is an amazing game, and if you've never played it, you absolutely must play it, because it's just the best thing ever. Or Aaron else. And I love it. <laughs> what was that? I said, or else. Or else. Play it or, or else. else. Yeah. <laughs> we will what, find One could you. say you could even delve too deep into it. Yeah. I would say. But, um... um yeah, so Delve Too Deep is such a cool card to me, because, um... It does not have an immediate benefit for you when you play it. In fact, it hurts your party. So um, Arkham Horror the Card Game is uh, a cooperative card game where you are fighting against the mythos of the Arkham universe. So there's going to be all these like horrific monsters and different creepy things that happen to your, your people. Um, and the way that that's represented is just by like enemy cards that are drawn from the mythos deck and they're going to do bad stuff. Uh, and so what Delve Too Deep does is it makes it forces everyone in your party to draw an extra enemy card, which sucks because drawing enemy cards can be really bad. And oftentimes you don't even know what you're going to draw. You know, like you haven't scribed to check what's going to happen. So it can just totally screw you over. So why the heck would you want to do that? That's awful. That's literally what I thought when I saw the card. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's fair. Um, But Arkham Horror, the card game is so cool because um, the way that, you know, you're playing over like usually an eight part, eight part campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get experience points throughout the missions from like defeating powerful enemies or successfully mm-hmm. investigating like uh, weird locations. Uh, and you use those experience points to make your deck better throughout that like pseudo legacy uh, campaign you're doing with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it doesn't come from your own deck. Like you can't really earn experience from your own deck, but Delve Too mm-hmm. Deep lets you earn experience and you put it into your deck which accelerates oh, everyone's no. game plan of one. like, wow. how yeah. am I so going to build for, into my best Arkham Horror character? For context, um, you get points and experience at the end of the game based on how many points you have in the victory display. And so, um, yeah. as, you, as you can see, Delta Deep gives you victory one. And that is pretty rare. I would say the average amount of experience you can get from a scenario, uh, I mean, it varies, but three to six experience. So getting an extra victory by just playing a card um, mm-hmm. is is a pretty significant uh, tempo swing in the overall length of the campaign, yeah. but it's a huge tempo right. hit to <clears throat> right. specific scenario. And your deck and your deck thinning. Because <laughs> right. you are deck you thinning. It says you play it and then you... Economy. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in very subtle ways, it plays into that as well, yes. Um, but I it's just so interesting a... to me because I 
I love things about like, I love cards and card games that, you know, you read the text and you can't like entirely understand what it means unless you play that game specifically. Yeah. Cause it means that the designers yeah. like thought about like, how does my yeah. game work and how can we make really cool cards that do very specific things that work in my game? And I think that's mm -hmm. awesome. And they nailed it with Delve Too Deep. Absolutely. It's this, there's a really cool tension when you play it of first, first of all, um, when you when you level up your character in between scenarios, you can replace cards in your deck, including delve mm -hmm. too deep. So the question is, when do you take delve too deep out? Because you do you take it out after the first scenario after you get one from it? I mean, it's done its job, or do you keep it in? Because obviously, you don't want it in the last scenario. It's not going to do anything at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a really fun. It almost tells a story in and of itself, which is so cool to do with just a single card. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's funny you 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 say tell a story, and I remember the first time I sat down and played Arkham Horror. Which, by the way, the reason I bought that game <clears throat> was because it was called Arkham Horror, the card game. That's literally <laughs> one of the reasons. Literally one of the reasons I bought it. Okay, <laughs> and then I sit down. I play with my brother in law, right? So I sit down. And you know, I we we just do the precon the precon decks just to you know mm -hmm. get the experience down. So we sit down. I start reading the scenario. I'm getting into character. I'm like really getting into the storytelling aspect, which I think Arkham Horror nails. They 100% nailed it to it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, and so I just start reading it, and then and then my brother-in-law goes to me, and he's like. Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Because uh, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it, it was it was just funny because he, he, you know he nailed it. Like I I played D and D. We did that that one shot, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, oh, that that explains why you said that. It was a lot <laughs> a lot a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so so Delve Too Deep is this week's card of the week. Thank you, Aislinn and Aaron, for that. Uh, this also just gets me excited. I'm like, do we need to sit down and play some Arkham Horror? We, right. we need to do like a campaign, start start going through that, because it's such a great game. Guys, you definitely need to check out Arkham Horror. <laughs> um, but that was, that was again, that was this week's card of the week. Thank you again. Um, now, uh, Aislinn, can you, uh, can you tell everybody, where can people, where can people find out more about Ivian if they want to kind of get involved and then find your guys' stuff on the internet? Yeah, definitely. So we have a website called playivian.com and Ivian is spelled I-V-I-O-N. So yeah, the website's just playivian.com. On the website, you can find links to our Discord, which I would say is probably where people are most active. If you want to like immediately get involved, um, people are super happy to answer questions you might have about the game there. They're even, you know, down to play uh, games in tabletop simulator, which Ivian is completely on. So you can play it there too for free if you want. Um, we also have a link on our website to our most recent Kickstarter where you can pre-order season two. Um, and then beyond that, I would just say, go to your local game store and see if you can uh, find a copy or ask them to pick one up. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so don't worry about guys. If you just make sure you check those links down in the description, we're going to be sure to leave all those links down there. Um, so with that, we thank, thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today on the podcast. We had a lot of fun and I uh, hope to talk to you guys soon. It was great to talk to Thanks you guys. Thank you for having us. That was seriously, that was just a crazy story. Yeah. I did not realize that. <laughs>
I think I think I think uh, I think Aaron said a little too much. Maybe I don't. Know. I love what he was like. Where did I place in the ranking of all the other people you were talking to? Oh, dude, that was That's, hilarious. That was so Aislinn was like, "Are we really getting into this right now?" <laughs> I'm like, "We're we are going there, 100." Guys, first is the worst. Second is the best. Apparently. Apparently, yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, thank you, Aislinn and Aaron. That was a lot of fun. I had, <laughs> Again, we're having a lot of fun with these conversations, and, guys, they are not stopping anytime soon. So, all right, well, with that, Jim, where can people find you on the Internet? <laughs> yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at JimMorganHNH. You guys can find me on Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell, on Twitter, underscore DG Campbell. Head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com. You can find links to all of our social platforms there, as well as our YouTube, where we've got all of our video content lives. Um, that was a lot of fun. Looking forward to having more of these conversations. Um, and that's all we got for you guys this week. Looking forward to next week's conversation. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Take care. So,